morning. I'm glad that you're with me. It may not be morning for you, but it is for me. You may be listening in the evening or afternoon, which is fine. It doesn't matter. But this is the day the Lord has made, and we can rejoice and be glad in it. That's what the psalmist tells us. And I usually repeat that verse every day to myself. Sometimes my wife and I repeat it to each other. That this is God's day, and we're going to rejoice in it. We're going to make the most of it. We're studying in the book of Daniel. And we talked at the end of last week about in the fifth chapter of the book of Daniel, we're introduced to a king called Belshazzar, the king of Babylonia. And in the histories and all the materials from the past, up until a few years ago, there was no mention of a king of Babylon named Belshazzar. And so a lot of the scholars, so-called scholars, said that this was just a a biblical fabrication. This was just uh, uh, some kind of uh, made-up story that there was no Belshazzar in history. And then when the archaeologists began to to do their diggings in the Babylonian area where uh, this whole thing took place, they found all kinds of uh, tablets and fragments that related to Belshazzar the king. So it just proved again the authenticity of Scripture. It proved again that God's word is true. And if you remember, we we mentioned 1 Peter chapter 1, where Peter said, All people are grass, all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall and fail, but the word of our God endures forever. That's what we want to continue to talk about for a little bit today. God's word is reliable. God's word is true. One of the first things God's word does, it tells us the truth about ourselves. It tells us no matter how good we think we are or how much we think we have achieved, the Bible tells us we are our sinner and that all have sinned and come short, fallen short of God's glory. Tells us that there's none righteous, no, not one. So the Bible reveals what is really true about ourselves, whether we admit it Whether we confess it or acknowledge it, it's still true. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek us and to save us, that he came to forgive our sins, he came to make us a new person, he came to usher us into his family. Once when Dr. John Chamberlain had read to the natives of an East Indian city in India the first chapter of the book of of Romans, an intelligent man, sir, what that, chap- that chapter was written by one of your missionaries about us. It describes us exactly. But we know that those inspired words were not written by the missionary. They were written by Paul 2,000 years ago because they describe all people. They describe us because it shows that we are what we are without God and that we have substituted the creation and the created things and other things, material things, for the creator. A learned Chinese student was employed to translate the New Testament into his native language, and at first he worked seriously, but after a few weeks he came to the missionary greatly agitated. He said, what a wonderful book this is, he explained, because it tells me so exactly about myself. It told, it knows all that it, that is in me, the one who made this book must be the one who made me. And that just verifies again the truth, the reliability, 
of the Bible, and it tells us about itself. It's a mirror in which we can see ourselves. And it tells us also the truth about God. We can look into nature and we can sense that there's a creator. And we can see God in other places and other ways. But the Bible is where we really find the true and best revelation of God. It also tells us the truth about how we can come into relationship with God. Peter said, you have been born again through the living and abiding word of God's. God, God's word that was preached to us, God's word that was shared with us, how Christ died, how he rose again, and how through him we can be forgiven and have life. Peter went on to say that we're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, his death for us on the cross. We're told that there's, there's no salvation in any other for none other name under heaven has been given among men whereby we can be saved. That's why John 14, 6 is so clear. I am the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Have you apprehended the greatest truth of Scripture, that Christ died for you, that he was buried for you, that he rose for you, that he's willing to be your Savior, your Lord, your Master, your King, if you just put your trust in him? Jesus told one of the best men of his day, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again, which means you need a spiritual birth, a heavenly birth, a birth that comes in a relationship with me. The Bible tells us what it will do and what it's up to and what its purpose is and what its results will be. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, we are told that as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth and making it better and so that it will produce, it, produce results, so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. You see, the word of God's not going to return empty to God. God has sent out his word through the printed word, through the preached word, through the lived word, and Jesus is the living word. And he sent that out that pen might come into relationship with him. Some years ago, in one of England's industrial cities, in a great mill complex, an atheist was standing up and he was talking to the mill workers about the inaccuracy of the Bible and the myths and fables that were in the Word of God. All of these stories about Jesus and all of these things about the Lord and the Bible, he said, are just fables and legends. While he was talking, an old, unlettered, ignorant mill worker who, who was there stood up and said, May I ask you a question? The atheist said, yes. He said, until recently, I was a terrible sinner. I was a curse to myself, a curse to my family, and a curse to all who knew me. Then I heard the story of Jesus, and I opened my heart to the, to the Savior. I'm a new man. I've been forgiven. I have a new life. I have a new relationship. Everything has changed. I'm now happy in the Lord, and I'm a blessing to my family. Then the man added, if this Bible is false... And if it is a fable, and if it is a myth, then what is it that happened to me? What changed me and made me a new person? You see, God does that, and he does it through his word. As we, re as we share the truth of his word, as we declare the message that he has given us in Christ, it's, it changes people, it changes things, it changes everything. God 
is a God who speaks, especially through His Word. Love the Word. Read the Word. Memorize the Word. Live the Word. Magnify the Word. Share the Word. That's a good word for us today. God bless you. Have a great day.